At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a great hour for you as we're going to be taking a look at some MLB for this Friday. As I want to give you guys my DK Nation pick here in the first segment, going to be coming up within the next two or so minutes. So, We've got you guys covered there, and we're also going to be looking at what is going to be a really good fight card for this week. Dan Freeland, he does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's joining me quite a bit on the look at to take a look at these UFC fights. He is going to be joining me. He always delivers goods. Pena versus Nunez, that is going to be a massive fight, and we're going to be breaking down that one and so much more that we're going to have on this card. So very much looking forward to that, and First things first, we've got to give a shout out to all the people behind the scenes that make this possible. Even with everything that we are seeing in terms of flooding and everything like that, everyone was able to make it in in one piece. And we've got two men that are doing absolutely amazing work behind the scenes. You've got my wonderful producer, Jason Kahn. He's the one that books all these guests and is able to run a clean ship. And then you've got Nick, who is right now doing audio. He's right now doing all the graphics that you see on the screen as well. I mean, this man is right now just doing an absolute A-plus job. This is one of these things as well, which with him, you always think about these guys when it's like when you have someone out due to injury, it's next man up. Well, he's pretty much doing his role, and he is the next man up. So, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Nick, very, very much doing a great job here tonight. So, always do appreciate the gentleman behind the scenes. I do work with the best in the business, and apparently the most versatile in the business as well. Now I've got to live up to my billing because these guys are currently carrying the team, so I needed to make my contributions. And 
We do so by going out to the great state of Florida for the DK Nation pick for this Friday as we wind up going Cleveland Guardians against the Tampa Bay Rays, 967-968 on the betting board as Shane Bieber. Are we going to be believers in him? We shall see. And it's going to be Jeffrey Springs who's going to be on the bump for the Rays. Total on this game is 6.5. You're seeing juice on the over end when it comes to the Rays. Going to be getting them right around about a minus 110 to a minus 113. I think I'm saying a stray minus 105 out there, but that's really the lowest I'm seeing. And with the Cleveland Guardians, relatively similar prices here. Anywhere between even money and minus 110 is your price on them. So we've got a relative pick game here. And when it comes to the relative pick price, I'm willing to side with the raise. I did wind up saying them a minus 122 favorite, but I see a little bit more of an edge here is on the total. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Even at a 7, I'd be taking a look at this total over because you've got a pair of starters that they've been, by and large, relatively solid this year. Jeffrey Springs, a 250 ERA fielding independent is a little bit higher than that, but has been able to do a solid job. And then when it comes to Shane Bieber, he's got for the season right around a 335 ERA, but both of these guys come in in bad form. You've had Jeffrey Springs give up at least three runs in three out of his last four starts. And then when it comes to the flip side for Mr. Shane Bieber, he it has not been great for him. He has a lot, at least three runs in six out of his last seven starts. And despite that, the Cleveland Guardians have actually been very solid in his last 10 starts. I believe that they've got a mark of seven and three because they've had his back scoring at least four runs in seven out of his last 10 starts. So he's been able to do a nice job there. And for Shane Bieber, just a case of which the swing and miss stuff is down from this season. It was a 12 and a half strikeouts per nine rate each out of the last two seasons for him. It's down to an 8.9 this season, which is why he has had his struggles. Meanwhile, for Jeffrey Springs, he actually began the season out of the bullpen and traditionally was a little bit of a bullpen piece. Um, him having to go into the starting rotation has certainly been a little bit interesting for him, and you've got to wonder if he winds up wearing down a little bit more towards the second half of the season. And both of these teams are coming in having given up quite a few runs for the race. They have surrendered at least four runs and now five out of their last six games. The Guardians... Five out of their last seven. So, got a pair of teams that they've been having their struggles there. Neither of these bullpens are certainly terrible, as the Guardians are currently 10th in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. The Rays are 8th. Jason Adam has been able to give the Rays a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks, Rayleigh, guys like this, they've been able to provide a sub-3 ERA themselves, but they are dealing with an injury to Matt Weisler, having him out of the fold for the Cleveland Guardians. They do now have James Karinczak back in the fold. That winds up helping them out quite a bit. And then on top of that, you've got Trevor Steven, along with Nick Sandlin, posting up a sub-3 ERA, and Emmanuel Classe is right now one of the filthiest closers that you're able to find in the big leagues, a sub-buck-50 ERA. He's got just electrifying stuff, but when it comes to the Guardians as well, where they've really been able to make their hay in terms of power, that has been on the road as the Cleveland Guardians, right now this season, they've only got 77 home runs. That was the amount that they wound up having going into Thursday, but among those home runs, 51 of them, Avanda coming on the road. So nearly two-thirds of their home run production. That is Vonda coming away from Cleveland. So you've got a big giant split there. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, it's been a little bit of tough sledding for them with Mike Zanino being out of the fold. He was one of their main home run hitters from a season ago. As a result, the Tampa Bay Rays are currently finding themselves 23rd in the big leagues in terms of a home runs on a per-game basis. But you have had guys that are able to move the line for the team. Yandy Diaz, G-Man Choi being the main two for them as both have been providing at least a 365 on base. Randy Rosarena has been relatively solid for the team as well. And even someone like a Luke Rayleigh. He wanted beginning the series against the Baltimore Orioles, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, 
he actually was below a 100. As a matter of fact, more around a 0.80. He's now back above a 200. So that shows what sort of series he wound up having. Seems like he's starting to get a little bit hot with the bat as well. So that is encouraging for this team. And with the way that both of these guys have really been struggling, I think that we've went a little bit too low with this total. So I think that Bieber and Springs are going to be able to figure it out a little bit more. Yes, but I still think that at least one of these guys, if not both, wind up giving up at least three runs in the start. And if both teams wind up getting the three, you're guaranteed an over on a six and a half because, well, you can't have a game wind up landing three to three, and this is a game that's going to be played out there in the Dome. So that does mean as well that you can't wind up having this game wind up getting suspended due to rain. So my DK Nation pick is going to be on the over with the Rays. I do think that they've got a little bit more in the bullpen rather than the Guardians. I do think that the Rays are going to be able to do a better job of being able to mix a match at home as well. So I'm willing to take a shot here on the Rays right around a minus 105 to a minus 110-ish sort of pick and price. And I'm going to be t- willing to take a look at the over, and that will be the write-up for DK Nation as well. How about if we wind up taking a look at the game that's right below it, 969-970 on the bang board. The Oakland A's are going to be on the road facing off against the Chicago White Sox. Lance Lynn finds himself a little bit too much of a favor for the White Sox, and James Caprillion is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Oakland between a plus 170 to a plus 180 underdog in with the White Sox, and between minus $2 and minus 215 is your price. Eight to eight and a half is your total, and if you're finding the eight, the over is probably going to have a juice of a minus 115, and right now, really the only place I'm seeing an eight is at DraftKings, and I encourage you to take advantage of it if you do wind up having it, because... I think that this total is too low, and that's because Lance Lynn has been absolutely awful this season. In all but two of his starts, he has given up at least three runs. He's given up five-plus runs in three out of his last four games. I do recognize that this is a relatively poopy Oakland Ace lineup. I will get into them in a minute, but that's a spot where I think that the total has just gone too low in terms of Lance Lynn, and I don't see why he's continuing to still get the respect that he is. He was relatively solid in the 2021 campaign, but for Lance Lynn this season... He wanted to begin the season on the injured list. If you took a look at him during his minor league starts, he was clearly nowhere near ready to return to the big leagues. He needed a couple more rehab starts to be able to just get himself into tune. But the Chicago White Sox, an organization that decided, you know what, we're going to put a fossil as our manager. They decided, you know what, he's ready. Let's bring him up and let's just have them rub some dirt on whatever is ailing him. And we're just going to go that way. Oh, and guess what? It hasn't worked out. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. The Chicago White Sox making a bad move. Where have we seen this before? Oh, yeah, that guy by the name of Tony La Russa being the manager. I digress. You take a look at James Caprillion on the other side, and bad start to the season for him. He began the year on the injured list. He was unable to figure it out in his first few starts, and not saying that the Oakland A's are doing a great job with their organization. I mean, just take a look at the fact that you've got about 50 fans a game that's over there, and I think that they have... Not done a great job of taking care of their season ticket holders, but for James Caprillion, to his credit, he's been able to figure it out. Three runs or fewer given up in each out of his last four starts. As a matter of fact, one run or fewer given out in three out of his last four starts. Walks have always been an issue for Cap. He's given out right around four walks per nine innings as far this season, but now doing a better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. And for the Oakland A's, they've got a quadrant of guys that do a good job of being able to back them up in the bullpen. Sam Ball, A.J. Puck, Throw in there Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo. All these guys have a three ERA or better sub. That has been helpful for the Oakland A's and a big reason why they were able to take that series against the Houston Astros. They come in riding high, having scored at least four runs in each of those games. And as a matter of fact, for the Oakland A's, they've been able to score four plus runs and now each out of their last four games, which that's really something for the team considering they don't have anyone that has more than 12 home runs on their team. And 
matter of fact, they've actually been hitting a little bit better on the road than at home now. It's not saying a whole lot because at home they've been hitting barely above the Mendoza line of a 200, but with that said, they've been able to put up a few more runs. They play in very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark, so that is a little bit of the reason for why they've been a team that has been a little bit better on the road rather than at home. But with that said, you've also got a Chicago White Sox team that they've had their struggles on offense as well, and they've actually been worse at home rather than on the road. Right around 4.2 runs per game at home, more like 4.6 on the road. It's been a case in which you've had Luis Robert, who's right now leading the team with 12 home runs, and that's an issue of itself for the Chicago White Sox. He's been dealing with lightheadedness. He's currently on the injured list as a result. So right now, you've got Jose Abreu, who's been able to give the team 11 home runs. He's right now the top home run hitter for this team, Andrew Vaughn has sent of his own. And for the Chicago White Sox, in terms of home runs on a per-at-bat basis, they're in the bottom six in the big leagues. They're currently dealing with an injury in the bullpen to Ronaldo Lopez. That puts them behind the eight ball. Now, the good news is, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Grayman, they both wound up getting a day off on Thursday. So these two guys are going to be ready to go. But I think they're going to need quite a bit of the bullpen here because... Lance Lynn has not necessarily been too trustworthy. And then you've got Joe Kelly, who's got north of a 5 ERA this season. And has not been going the way for Matt Foster. He's got north of a 450 ERA as well. Tanner Banks is someone that's tough to trust in. And for the Oakland A's, the bullpen has been able to shape up after they wound up having a relatively rough ride in the months of May and into June as well. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here with a big plus price of the Oakland A's. I think north of a plus 170. I'm going to take a shot there. Set my total right around a 9 as well. So getting between 8 and 8.5, looking over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Oakland A's. And coming next, we go from the game of baseball to people that like punching each other. We're going to be going to the UFC. Dan Vreeland, he does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We've got a big UFC card this week. He's going to help me break it down right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice-cold beers and cold hard cash. Join the action on pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken beer made better. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as we're back here on The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and Dan Vreeland does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, doing a great job taking a look at all that we get in the UFC. And Dan, big card this week. Glad to have you aboard to be able to break it down. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me as always. First things first, let's take a look at what we've all got in terms of what is going to be, in my opinion, one of the more sneaky good cards. I know that a lot of people are hyping up what we're going to be seeing in the main event, and certainly we're going to be getting into that one a little bit later on, but is there an underdog or two that you think might be able to lend a little bit of value outside of that main Pena versus Nunez fight? Because certainly we wind up having quite a few fighters that I'm seeing on the board. They're presenting quite a bit of value right now. Yeah, one of the ones I'm really liking is Rafael Alves, uh, who's fighting Drew Dober. I, I think we're we're seeing Drew Dober a little bit overestimated because he came ahead and beat a prospect in his last fight in Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney, a guy who had tons of hype behind him, came out and, and sort of took it to Drew Dober, which I think people are tending to forget here is that Drew Dober was the one who was kind of getting beat up at the beginning of that fight. Alves is a guy who's probably got a little bit more veteran savvy than Terrence McKinney, who eventually just kind of gassed himself out and wound up losing to Drew Dober. He's smarter than that. He's probably got better cardio, even if he were to try to gas himself out there. We saw him fight Demir Ismagulov and looked great in the third round doing so, which is not an easy task to do. And we're seeing his number move right around close to plus 200 or, or pushing that at least. And, and I really think there's tons of value to be had on Alves there because, again, People are sort of overestimating what Drew Dover is capable of having had that that nice comeback performance last time. And a lot of people are agreeing with you with Alves. He wound up opening up right around a $2 underdog. Right now we're finding this more around a plus 145. So we've seen a pretty big move in terms of that one. This is a fight in which we've seen a little bit less of a move as Kai Kara France going to be taking on Brandon Moreno. Moreno right now right around a minus 210 to a minus 215 favorite open up right around $2. So little bit of money there, but we haven't seen a lot. And if you're taking a look at the round prop, 
They're thinking that this one is going to be going the distance. It is at four and a half. The juice on the over is right around a minus one six or yep, yeah, minus one sixty. So certainly it is there. But why are you taking a look at it in terms of this fight? Because typically you don't wind up finding a round prop that is this juicy over on four and a half. Yeah, I, I actually really like Kaikara France here, and I don't mind the under either, uh, especially if you're a Kaikara France better. The guy likes to get it done early. If you look at his career record, he's got 11 knockouts, 12 if you count his time on the Ultimate Fighter. 10 of them have happened in the first round. So this is a guy who has gotten a lot of people out of there in the first round, which isn't common in the flyweight division. But he's got great hands, and his hands have gotten better by the fact that he has learned how to defend the takedown better. We saw last time when he fought Askar Askarov, He's a guy who who learned a lot about takedown defense, and as a result, it's benefited his hand. He feels like he can let go more because if somebody does get in on that takedown, he's able to stop it. So I really love the fact that Kaikara France feels more comfortable with his hands. I think he's actually a little bit sharper than Moreno on the feet. The first time they fought, I think the fear of the takedown kind of cost him in a couple of spots. So I think Kaikara France here is going to open up earlier. He's going to throw harder. And he's, like I said, he's a guy who's got sneaky power at flyweight. So I do like him straight up in this fight. If, you know, because I think, first of all, he could outstrike him in three out of five rounds. But also, like I said, that knockout prop or that under prop here looks really nice for Kaikara France. And I know that you're taking a look at the cannibal in this one as well as we've got a very interesting fight here between Alex Perez and you've got Alexander Pentenjo. He is going to be finding himself, Panton Joe, right around minus 195 to a minus 185 price. And I know that beyond just taking a look at just the raw money line slash over under, I know you're taking a look at an exact prop and going to be trying to get some plus money on this fight. Yeah, I, first of all, I love Pantoja. I, I think he is one of the more critically underrated uh, flyweights. Again, we're, we're going flyweights in this division. Guys out there, because he is so good with his submission game. We watched him submit a guy in Brandon Roy Vall, who is pretty much run through the flyweight division, picking up submissions along the way. He he submitted Kaikara France, and here we have Pantoja, a guy who could put him away on the mat. So he's one of the better grapplers in the division, and he's fighting a guy in Alex Perez who's lost a handful of times by submission, including once to the champion Davidson Figueredo, which was his last fight almost two years ago at this point in time because Alex Perez has been out for injuries or fights canceled or he just hasn't gotten the, the offers that he's wanted. So as a result, he's been on the shelf for a really long time, and that's worrisome to me. And in addition to that, the fact that he's coming off of the submission loss is worrisome to me. So I love Pantoja in this spot to use his grappling to get the job done there, and I think there's tons of value on the money line. But also, yeah, the submission prop to me is just so juicy at this point in time. It's right there for the picking because a guy who loses by submission versus maybe the best submission artist in the division, what's not to like there? Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And good way to be able to get a little bit plus money on a fighter in Pantanjo that wound up starting out right around a minus 145. This has went up quite a bit, anywhere between minus 185 to a minus 195. So nearly double the price is what you're taking a look at in terms of where it was at in regards to minus to even money from minus 145 up to right around minus 190. And something else that we're taking a look at as well as I know you like this favorite in Dakar Close. Going to be taking on Rafa Garcia. This is one that hasn't moved around as much. With Close, wind up opening up right around about a minus 210. Right now I'm seeing a lot of places right around a minus 210 right now. But what's the like in this fight? Because with Garcia, not necessarily a guy that I wind up giving too much of a shot here to. And I do agree with you that I think that Close just absolutely dominates. I know that 
laying $2 in a lot of places, in a lot of fights. It is not necessarily the most sexy pick, but as I always say, if you think that someone is a $2 favorite and you think that they should be able to win 80 plus percent of the time, it's a very good return on investment sort of value here. What's the like in this fight? Yeah, I actually think the line probably would have moved more if the fight had been announced a little bit earlier. Uh, Dracar Colosso was originally supposed to be fighting Diego Fajeda, who's a, a top 15 opponent. So like the UFC has a lot of faith in what he's able to do. And in fact, he, he went out there and he was taking it to Benil Dariush, a guy people are talking about for a title shot in one of the most loaded divisions in the UFC before he kind of slipped up and got beat on a, a really odd punch combo from Benil Dariush. So Drakkar Klosa, I think, is one of those guys who's criminally underrated because at the time, Dariush was maybe not the most hyped prospect, wasn't a guy in the top five. And now he's gone on this amazing run, and it looks like the only kind of blemish on his record along the way was Drakkar Klosa, who that's his only loss in his last five fights. Now he's fighting a short notice replacement in Rafa Garcia, a guy who likes to try to take people down and kind of grind them out. And, and Dracar's not the type of guy who you beat that way. So I, I, first of all, I think the short notice is an issue for Rafa Garcia. People fighting on short notice are only winning about a third of their fights this year. And in addition to that, I think Dracar has got a tough style for him. So the fact that it's only $2, like you said, I, I actually think is, is where the value is, is the fact that this should be way higher than that. It's going to be really interesting to take a look at this fight and to your point. Taking a fight on short notice typically doesn't go the way of the person taking it on short notice. But, I mean, we've talked about pretty much all the fights on the card except for the big one. Let's dive into it. Juliana Pena going to be taking on Amanda Nunes. And with Nunes, someone who has not lost in the UFC too long. Pena was one of the few that was able to get her right now with Nunes. Finding her right around minus 260 to minus 265 to be able to get revenge. What are you all liking here? Because this is a big one that everyone's going to be geared up for. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nunez here. I am a little bit worried that what the version of Amanda Nunez we saw last time is the one we'll see again. Because the bottom line is, is that like she was not better than Juliana Pena that day, but she also looked like she kind of beat herself in that fight, right? Like she looked tired. She looked lethargic. She like didn't look like she understood her own game plan. Never mind Juliana Pena's and everything Juliana Pena looked did look like it perplexed her. So uh, that that's a version of Amanda Nunes we've never seen before. She always looks like she's following her game plan. She always looks like she understands the other person's game plan. She adapts well. She's got the big right hand. I, I think we're going to go back to seeing the original Amanda Nunes. But like at the same time, I'm always worried that like when a fighter shows decline in one fight, that that is permanent decline. Uh, I, I don't think after having seen her win, against all of the the names that she beat, you know, the Ronda Rousey's and the Holly Holmes and the Misha Tate. She beat all of those women, women who are on, you know, the Mount Rushmore of MMA women's fighting. But like, I, at the same time, I think we're going to see a better version of her here. So I, I'm going to go with Amanda Nunes. And I'll say this, I really like over props in this fight too, because in rematches, particularly high level women's championship rematches, we tend to see them go a little bit deeper as well. I think that that's always something that is interesting to take a look at familiarity with the opponent. We wind up seeing that time and time again in the world of baseball where you got a pitcher winding up going up against his old team, winds up favoring the hitter a little bit more. Perhaps this is going to be a spot in which it winds up favoring both both fighters being able to play a little bit of defense. And I know that, Dan, you're doing a great job of being able to break all these UFC cards down. You do an amazing job time in and time out whenever you join me. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me again. Dan always does an amazing job breaking down 
everything that we wind up seeing on these UFC cards. He's always just so prepared with these. And coming up next, it is that time that we want to take a look at some games for Friday out there in the MLB right here on VSIN Esports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The college football guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot as our experts profile all 131 teams, including team trends, power rankings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, playoff predictions, and so much more. There's only one way to get access to this year's football betting guide, and that's by becoming a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up for a VEASAN All-Access subscription today and get everything that we have to offer for the entirety of the football season, including our pro football betting guide, which is going to be out soon as well. Subscribe now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for that, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be able to be joined by Dan Freeland. Does a great job taking a look at the UFC. Did a nice job breaking down this card as it's going to be a good one. Peña Nunez is going to be a big fight, and then on top of that, he was able to take a look at some other spots on the card to be able to make some money this weekend so gonna be great to be able to watch those and great to always get Dan on the show he brings it every single time now time to bring it in terms of the MLB we've taken a look at a couple national games we've taken a look at a couple American League games how about if we wind up taking a look at the two interleague games on the card and this will begin with 977 978 right now Orioles versus Reds is off the board hopefully by the end of the show I'm able to give you a little bit more but as of right now a little bit of a snake eyes approach there because hard to give you much when there's no numbers up on the board and Baltimore is to be determined with their starter. But in terms of Brewers versus the Boston Red Sox, you do have Brian Bello, spelled B-E-L-L-O, so it might look like Bello going for the Boston Red Sox. And Brandon Woodruff is going to be on the bump for the Brewers. Brewers have seen the money coming on them. They began about a minus 150 favorite. Now you're seeing some as high as a minus 165 favorite, as low as a minus 158. And between plus 140 and plus 150, your price on Boston with a total of nine. And with Mr. Bayo at the minor league level, he was able to do a very solid job. But and that's that ever since he's come up to the bigs, it's not been so great. He's made three starts, two against the Tampa Bay Rays, one he wanted facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Got a 10.50 ERA right now, and the command issues that he wound up having at the minor league level, three and a half walks per nine innings, they have manifested themselves as he's got really good swing and miss stuff. At the minor league level, he was able to get a little bit over 12 punch outs per nine innings, and in his three starts, he's been able to do a good job of being able to get some swings and misses, but when he winds up missing, he either misses way out of zone or leaves it right out in the middle of the plate, and it winds up getting smoked, so... It's not necessarily a good ordeal. And for Brandon Woodruff, ever since he wanted coming off the injured list, he has been very good for this Milwaukee Brewers team. Prior to him going on the injured list, it had been not a great situation. He was posting up an ERA that was nearly five, just really wasn't able to find his footing, especially on the road, because he still has right around a 525 road ERA, but he's been able to shape that up ever since then, giving up three runs or fewer in his five starts since coming off of the injured list. He's been able to look like the brand of Woodruff of old, and his swing of his stuff is actually better than ever. He's got a 11.4 strikeouts to walk rate, and his fielding independent, nearly a full point lower than his ERA. 373 ERA, fielding independent, that's hovering more in the neighborhood of 287, which actually indicates that he's gotten unlucky. That's his best fielding independent of his career to this point, so... Got to figure that he's going to be able to do a solid job in this spot. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, even with Josh Hader having massive issues. And 
By that, I mean he's got north of a 6 ERA over the last 30 days. It has certainly not been going well from. You still have Brad Boxberger along with Devin Williams, and you're able to throw in there Hobie Milner as well with an ERA that is a 275 or lower end. In the case of Devin Williams, his last 34 appearances, he has allowed no runs in 33 of them. The guy has been the monocomb of consistency for the Milwaukee Brewers here down the stretch, and they're catching the Boston Red Sox at just the right time, even though they were able to get the job done and take down the Cleveland Guardians on Thursday. The team has won just two games ever since the All-Star break, and then on top of that, when it comes to this Boston Red Sox lineup, they're going to be without Rafael Devers. Their top home run hitter, Trevor Story, he is number two. He is currently out of the fold as well. You really don't have anyone for the Boston Red Sox who's been able to give you more than 10 home runs this season that is going to be able to suit it up in this game. And we're seeing just how sloppy the Boston Red Sox are in terms of the defense. Franchi Cordero, two nights ago, he wound up having three errors in the game. We all remember the Jaron Duran grand slam that was inside the park that just wound up flying over his head because he wound up losing the ball in the lights. And that's happened twice this month for the Boston Red Sox. This is a team that they look completely disjointed. They're trying to trot out their guy in Brian Bayo, who in 12 innings has given up, I believe, now 14 runs. So that's not necessarily too terrific. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, what isn't too terrific for them is the team batting average. You really don't have anyone that has seen more than 100 bats this season hitting above a 260 for this punch, but you do have relative consistency. Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, both of these guys have been able to supply the boom with 20 home runs. And for Hunter Renfro, the former Boston Red Sox, he's been banged up this season, but when he's been out there, he's been relatively solid getting a home run every about 13 and a half or so at-bats. And then you take a look at just the consistency up and down the lineup for the team as you've got Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Colton Wong, Jonathan Davis, only between about a 242 to a 258. So these guys have been able to find a way on with Christian Yelich, 355 on base. Jace Peterson has been a little bit injured, but he's been able to provide right around 250 average as well. So got a lot of guys who are able to perform for this Brewers team. And the good news for the Boston Red Sox is that they finally were able to get a halfway decent start yesterday as you wound up having Cutter Crawford. He wound up coming into the game and he wound up being able to give the team north of five innings, but it's been a big fall off when it comes to the spots of Red Sox bullpen as currently they rank in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA ever since we're going to call it June 17th. So over the last about 41 or so days, and as a matter of fact, they are dead last in the American League. It's the only team that's been worse than them. That would be the Pittsburgh Pirates who have really been going down the tubes with that regard, Jake Diekman has been giving you north of a four ERA. Austin Davis, after a relatively rock-solid start to the season, he has seen his ERA go north of a four. Garrett Woodlock, who's become really the most sure-handed guy in this bullpen ever since he's come back off the injured list. He wound up throwing two innings yesterday. That's going to knock him out of the fold. So not a great situation here for the Boston Red Sox. They're dealing with injuries in the lineup. Bullpen is not necessarily too, looking too terrific. Brian Mayo literally has a 10.50 ERA. This is a spot in which I do like the Milwaukee Brewers. And with the Brewers, I think that they're going to be able to hit Bayo, and I think that they're, they're going to be able to hit him hard right now at DraftKings. You're seeing that run line right around even money and really across the board. You're finding it right around even money. I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 110 on the Brewers run line. This is a Brewers team that they've been able to come into their own last few games. They were able to tear the cover off the ball against the Colorado Rockies. I think that they're going to continue that in Boston, a relatively hitter-friendly ballpark with all their masters as the Brewers top eight in the league in terms of home runs on a per-game basis on the road. I think that they are able to win this game on multiple runs. I'm going to take them on the run line. Wound up setting my total north of nine as well as I do think that Woodruff, his home and road splits are going to manifest a little bit more. And even with Rafael Devers out of the fold, it's still a respectable Red Sox lineup. So I'm going to go over in the spot 
and I'm going to take a look at the run line here with the Milwaukee Brewers. And if you're looking a little bit more to the money line, you don't want to lay the run enough, I'd be still want to lay it up to about a minus 165 here as well. And then we've got the other interleague game of 979-980. This is the San Diego Padres playing us the Minnesota Twins. Joe Ryan is going to be going for the Twins, and Blake Snell is on the bump for the Padres. Between minus 113 and minus 115 is your price on the Padres. You're going to be getting the Twins as bad as a minus 105, as good as a plus 105 with 7.5 being your total. And when it comes to the Padres, minus 115 is pretty much the max I'm willing to lay, but I'm willing to lay it. With Blake Snell, it has not been going well from this season. And as a matter of fact, in his 11 starts, the San Diego Padres are 2-9. and nine. But with that said, the Padres are 2-1 and one in his last three starts. So... After what was a toilet pole start to the season, they've been able to rise up a little bit more with Blake Snell. And Snell still has really nasty stuff. Being able to give you a little bit over 11 strikeouts per nine innings, the big thing for him, and it's really eluded him throughout his career, it is command. Because if he was able to just not run up his pitch count so much, completely selling out for strikeouts, and was really focused on trying to be able to give a little bit more length of like six or seven innings, yeah, I think it would be very beneficial for this Padres team. And with Blake Snell as well, you always want to be taking a look at the home and road splits with him as well because ever since he wanted being traded for in the offseason in 2021, his home ERA has been right around 1.7 points better than it has been on the road. So big discrepancy there. But with Snell with his walks problems, to illustrate this a little bit more, 5.4 walks per nine innings. It's done a good job keeping the ball in the yard, right around 0.8 home runs per nine innings. And opponents have had a little bit of a tough time Catching up to himself in general, hitting about a 228 off of him, but the walks have manifest themselves. And for Joe Ryan, I really like the stuff that he's able to show. Coming out of the shoot here, the last two starts, he's given up a combined two runs in his last two starts, going six plus innings in both of them. And for Ryan, what has been really good for him is the fact that he just does everything relatively solid. Gives up right around one home run per nine innings, 2.6, 2.7 walks per nine. Gets right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. He doesn't necessarily do one thing amazing, but he does a lot very solid. But with that said, this is also a Minnesota Twins team that they just need a little bit more average out of Byron Buxton. He's been able to get the team 24 home runs as far this season, but only in about a 220. They're trying to bring back Miguel Sano. It's not necessarily going well for him thus far this season, but you do have Carlos Correa hitting about a 275 for this bunch. But for the Padres, being able to get Manny Machado back online is going to be big for them. He's been hitting right around a 210 here in the month of July, but overall for the season, hitting a 315 home runs, you've been able to see Luke Voigt be able to give the team a little bit of power as well. I do think that Blake Snell, though, is starting to really be able to figure himself out. Taylor Rogers has north of 20 saves for the team. Been a little bit shaky recently, but I do think that he's going to come back into his own as well. At a 7.5, I'm willing to go over in the spot with the way that Snell's been a little bit erratic, but I think that you get just enough out of the Padres to be able to catch this money line. So I'm willing to lay up to a minus 115. And coming up next, we're going to continue our look at the baseball betting board for this Friday, taking a look at some National League games right here on VSIN Esports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. 
When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on The Look Ahead with myself, Greg Peterson. I am filling in for Scott Seidenberg all week long, and it has been a pleasure all week long to be able to do this. It's always great to be joined by Jason Kahn as well, behind the scenes. We were talking with him about... The movie, There's Something About Mary and Brett Favre, but that means that in the final hour, we've got to talk a little bit of football as well. As we're going to have some great discussion there, as we did wind up seeing quite a bit that wound up happening in terms of a little bit of attrition. We've seen a few guys wind up retiring last few days as well, as it actually does feel like we've seen more retirings this time of year rather than normal as well. So that is something that I'm certainly going to be taking my, going to be keeping my eye on, but here to round out this hour, we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball as well. So we got all the bases covered for you tonight on the look at. Want to take a look at some interleague games in the previous segment. How about if we want to take a look at a team that I think is just outgunned in this one? 953-954 on the betting board. And when I wind up reading off the matchup, I think they're going to figure out who I think is outgunned. As the St. Louis Cardinals, they're on the road. They're facing off against, yeah, the Washington Nationals. Anibal Sanchez, who's about 567 years old, gets a start for the Washington Nationals. And Miles Michaelis on the bump for the Cardinals. Cardinals, 
find themselves as a favorite between minus 170 and minus 180, and between plus 155 and plus 160 is your price on the Nationals with a total of nine. And Brian Abel Sanchez, I think that he's so old that he once wanted pitching to Babe Ruth, and he's getting the start in this one, and ever since Anibal Sanchez wound up starting to make starts once again for this Nationals team, it has not been going as planned for him. He's got north of a 6 ERA, just a case which I have no idea why what the Nationals are doing right now with their starting rotation. He and Paulo Espino are guys that are not going to be contributing to the team moving forward, but I guess they need someone to eat innings because nobody else wants to at this point for the Washington Nationals. And I mean, boy, that Patrick Corbin contract. Talk about a pro, a organization that's in disarray. It's no wonder why they need to try to trade a generational talent like Juan Soto to be able to replenish things. But I digress. With Miles Michaelis, does not deserve the 7-8 and eight record that he's gotten this season. You take a look at the numbers, and he has been rock solid. He's been giving up right in the neighborhood about two walks per nine innings. Been giving up the deep ball to the tune of about 1 to 1.1 home runs per nine innings. So he's been able to do a relatively solid job of keeping the ball in the yard. Has been a little bit lesser on the road rather than at home, but not bad splits here. 351 road ERA compared to a 231 ERA at home. Opponents overall are hitting a 216 off of him. So he, much like many of these Cardinal starters, has been able to do a very good job of being able to induce some soft contact. Now, for Michaelis, last few starts have been a little bit more brutal for him as in the last two starts, he's given up seven runs. So bit of an issue there, but certainly I do think that he's going to be able to come out against a Nationals team that is currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs and be able to get the job done here as he's also backed up by a bullpen that has been able to do a nice job of being able to lend a lot of length as well as Pecky Naughton, Yohan Oviedo, Genesis Cabrera. All these guys can give you multiple innings at any given time. And for Cabrera, a sub-250 ERA for Naughton and Oviedo, a sub-340 ERA in the Washington Nationals. Well, they do not have that bullpen as right now they've got Kyle Finnegan who's been giving right around about a 3.7-ish ERA. Victor Arano has not been terrific for the team all season long. Tanner Rainey is right now supposedly the closer for them, and he's not a guy that's been able to do necessarily a tremendous job in that regard. Now, what I will say about the Washington Nationals is that over the last 40 days, they've been a little bit above league average in terms of their bullpen, right around 13th in the league, so a little bit of credit where credit is due there, but they really had to burn through their bullpen after you wound up seeing Patrick Corbin a few days ago wind up giving the team two outs and gave up six runs. That was just a big, giant calamity, but for the Cardinals, now they wind up getting back their main two hitters. And Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, they could not wind up taking part in the series for the against the Toronto Blue Jays because they were unvaccinated. That is something that when you wind up handicapping Blue Jays' home games, you've got to take note of because in order to get into the country of Canada, a guy needs to be vaccinated. You can think about it how you do, but with that said, you got to handicap what's out in front of you. When you wind up having guys that are out of the fold, that needs to be accounted for, and now they are back. And honestly, might be a nice little bit of a rest and relax sort of process for them those last few days. So they might come back a little bit more rejuvenated. They don't have to deal with bad sleep on the road or anything like that. So that's a good thing. And then you do have someone like a Tommy Edmond who's been solved for the team, giving the team 20 plus stolen bases, being able to 255. And for the Washington Nationals, Juan Soto over the last 30 days has a 460 on base. He's been able to give the team 20 home runs. You've got Josh Bell who's been able to go deep 13 times. He's hitting a 300. And you do have quite a few guys like 
when he's been out there on Nelson Cruz, he's been a little bit banged up, but Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez, these guys are in between about a 235 to 250 Soto overall for the season. He's in that fold as well, but with the Washington Nationals as well, you just haven't been able to get the power with regards to the team. The St. Louis Cardinals, very balanced lineup, and Albert Pools and his very tender age has been able to come on a little bit more. He wound up having a home run in that series against the Toronto Blue Jays. It's actually looked relatively solid over the last one call it 30 or so days for him as well. So I do think that it's going to be another rough start here for Annabelle Sanchez with the Cardinals. I felt like they were worthy of being north of a $2 favorite. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 135-ish on the run line in this ordeal. And right now with the St. Louis Cardinals, you're going to lay a little bit on the run line. Most places you're finding it anywhere between about a minus 110 to a minus 115. I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 135 personally. I think that this is a classic mismatch, and I do think that the Cardinals, after they were able to win game two of that series against the Blue Jays, even without their top two bats, I think that they're going to be able to piggyback off of that with a win here. And I do mind saying my toe a little bit north of nine, as I think that Sanchez and it's not a great bullpen. Lines are getting lit up as well. So, willing to take the nine over and willing to take the run line of the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's take a look at another team out there in the NL East. One that's a little bit better than the Washington Nationals. This is 957, 958. The Arizona Diamondbacks. They're on the road. They're facing up against the Atlanta Braves. As Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for the Atlanta Braves. And Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner on the bump for Arizona. With the with the Diamondbacks, you're finding them between plus 180 and plus 190 underdogs. And with the Atlanta Braves, it's anywhere between minus 205 and minus 210. Your total on this game, you're going to be finding it at a 9. The under is minus 120 and the over is even. And with the Atlanta Braves, I felt like they were worthy of being another big favorite as well. Right now, if you're taking a look at the Braves run line, finding it anywhere between even money and minus 105. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 135 in the spot because with Madison Bumgarner, we all like to take a look at what he wanted doing in the past. And I think that a lot of people would be surprised to know. And I'm sure that you could wind up you could wind up quizzing your buddies about this and they would never get this correct. Madison Bumgarner is right now 32 years old. I mean, if you were to ask a normal person without having the Google machine up in front of them or anything like that, I'm sure that a lot of people would say closer to 40. I mean, he certainly looks like that. He's been around for like 100 million billion years, but he's only 32 years old. That's one of the most shocking upsets they're ever going to find. But with Rob Garner, he's pitching like he's 40 right now because he has been seeing a big drop off in terms of the strikeouts. Only about six and a half strikeouts per nine innings this season for his career. More around eight and a half punch outs per nine. And he's not necessarily been great on the road. He's got right around a three ERA at home. More like a 460 on the road. And now he has a face-off against an Atlanta Braves team that they are firing all cylinders with the bats. They did wind up losing a few games in that series against the Philadelphia Phillies. But going into the game on Thursday, Austin Riley in the last 30 days, a span of a little bit over 100 at-bats, 10 home runs and a 404 batting average. If that's not hot, I don't know what is. I guess maybe Lava might be a little bit hotter than Austin Riley right now. But he has been tremendous. Matt Olson has been able to give the team seven home runs over the last three weeks. He has been tremendous. You've got Marcelo Zuno, who's been able to give the team right around 18 home runs. Sands B. Swanson, double-digit amount of bombs. He's been able to do a terrific job hitting nearly a 290 for this bunch. Michael Harris, the second, has been able to give you some power. He's been able to get on base as well. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the one thing that you're able to say positively about this offense is that they've been able to do a much better job of going yard on the road rather than at home. At home, they get right around .9 home runs. Per game on the road, this is more around 1.43. That is a top five mark out there in the big leagues. Headlined by Christian Walker. Walker has only been able to give the team right around a 
210 to a 215 batting average, but he's been able to send 23 balls into the seats thus far this season. You've got Keitel Marte and Joshua Ross in between about a 270 to a 285 as well. And been able to get a little bit of production out of someone like Jake McCarthy. He's been able to get on base, but Keenan Middleton now being out the fold for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That winds up hurting their bullpen. You do have still Kyle Nelson and Joe Mantipoli. Both of these guys have been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. But then for the Atlanta Braves, this is the number one team in terms of bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues now. For those of you guys that have taken Atlanta Braves run lines, I'm sure that you're not necessarily too thrilled with what we've been seeing out of Kenley Jansen thus far this season. But you've got A.J. Minter who's been able to post up a sub-2-5 ERA. Tyler Madzik after he was out for much of the season. He's now back in the fold for the team as well. Dylan Lee has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. And then for Kyle Wright, he has been missing right for the team. He's been able to give you nine strikeouts per nine innings. Actually has a little bit of a higher ERA at home rather than on the road. It's a little bit north of three at home. More around 275 on the road. But he's been able to do a nice job controlling the walks right around 2.5, 2.6 walks per nine innings. Does a tremendous job of being able to keep the ball in the yard even in a pitcher-friendly ballpark like Truist Park. He's been giving up less than a home run for nine innings when in Atlanta, and I do think that he's going to be able to lead the Atlanta Braves to a rather convincing win. I'd be willing to take an 8.5 over and a 9. I'd be taking a look at an under, but with the Braves at up to a minus 135, willing to lay the run line in. In the final hour of the look at, going to be taking a look at a lot of NFL news and notes right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Check out the new betting splits feature on VEASAN.com before you place your next bet. Every day we post the latest splits with the percentage of bets and money on teams and total for each game. Track which teams are seeing the most tickets written and if the public action matches the money coming in on matches the money coming in on matches the money coming in on matches the money. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.